If you have your Bibles, if you'll turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 11. If you don't have your Bible, let me call your attention to that longer insert. Uh, the passage of Scripture will be there as well as also on the screen. Well, summer's here, and I'm for that. Any James Taylor fans here? He sings that song. Anyway, all right, no problem. Well, summer's here. It's supposed to be a season of vacations. A season of rest and relaxation. Is anybody ready for that? All right. I hope so. I think so. That's for sure. Hey, let me ask you a question. Have you ever stressed out planning a vacation? You ever like get so stressed out before it even comes? Like, why are we even going on this thing? I don't even like the people I'm going with. How about you ever stressed out on a vacation? Maybe you lost something or maybe something happened. You ever think, oh, all I want to do is just go home? Have you ever been at the end of vacation and think, all I need is a vacation? Now the vacation's over. Now it's over. Now I really need to rest, you know, and thank God for going back to work. I mean, some of you might have felt that way a time or two. But according to God's word, if we read this, uh, it's very clear that God has created us for two things very clearly. He's created us to work and he has created us to rest. Uh, both of those are, are gifts of God. Uh, he has created us to, to work with and for him. He calls us to, into his work. He calls us to do that which he's created us to do. But right, watch this. He also calls us into his rest. Not only does God call us into work, he calls us into rest. Uh, and he wants us to rest in, in who he is. Well, more specifically, he wants us to rest in who Christ is and, and what Jesus has done for us. It's amazing. God, as a matter of fact, as he created all things out of nothing, uh, at the end of his creating, uh, he says there's going to be a day set apart just for rest, that we are to have a Sabbath. We are to have uh, one week and se- one day in seven that we set aside to do this. But more than just this, more than just worship, but also rest. Well, we have vacations because they're supposed to bring rest to our weary bodies and our weary minds. But what about our souls? What about our core? You see, this is what Jesus has offered us to come to him and find rest for for our very souls. This morning, as we began worship, I I quoted Isaiah 55. That that is amazing that God says to us, come to me. uh, um, Anyone who would thirst, come and you will be quenched. And we see that that invitation of God specifically now is through Jesus. And it's Jesus who says, come to me. Jesus says, all who labor, all who are heavy laden, and he will give rest. Listen, rest for your souls. Not not just, not like a good night's sleep, but rest in your being. Well, many of you know, tomorrow I leave uh, by God's grace and the generosity of this church, I leave for sabbatical. I leave, I'll be tracing uh, the steps of Paul, Lord willing, through Turkey and Greece. And boy, am I far from ready. Uh, Frantic. uh, uh, Just thinking, oh my goodness, is this actually going to happen? But I'm so incredibly honored and overjoyed that I'll have a chance to go and see another part of God's creation and learn what God has done and, and hear our story. But this morning, as I thought preparing for that, we'd all prepare together. And we look at this rest. I have four points for you in the bulletin. There's the invitation to rest, we'll see. The need for rest. The source of rest. And then lastly, the requirement of rest. So let's turn to God's word, uh, to Matthew chapter 11, 
probably a familiar passage for, for many of you. I'm going to pick it up a little bit earlier than you might think. You're right in the middle of Jesus' prayer, at the end of Jesus' prayer, actually. And we'll hear God's holy word. This is Matthew 11, verses 27 through 30. Jesus says, All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, Jesus says, all who labor and are heavy burdened or heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke, it's, it's easy, and my burden is light. Let us pray. Oh, Father God, we thank you for the incredible graciousness of Jesus' invitation to come. So here we are, because you've asked us to come. And God, now we ask that you would come by the power of the Holy Spirit and come and be with your people and come and speak through a broken sinner like me. That, Father, that, that you would come in a way that you would give us ears to hear the voice of Jesus. He would give us minds to understand the word of God. That you would give us hearts to embrace your truth and that God, you'd be so powerfully with us that you would give us feet that would walk in a manner worthy of your name and, and even, even walk not only in your work, but walk in rest in what Christ has done. Father, the things that I say that are wrong are merely my opinion. May those things fall away and be forgotten. But the things that are said that are true, that contain the good news of the gospel, would you use those things to make us more like your Son, our Savior, Jesus. And it's in his holy and glorious name that we pray. Amen. The first thing we see in this passage is this incredible graciousness of an invitation to rest. I mean, Jesus says, come to me. Come to me and you're going to find not just a good night's sleep, but come to me and you're going to find that which you're longing for. That's what you need. That what the very core of your being wants. You can find rest for your souls. It's amazingly gracious that he says to us to come. What I love about this is the fact that it reveals God's character. Do you know that God is not despised with our weakness? Don't you love that? Don't you love the fact that he looks at us that are weak and he doesn't despise us instead of, what are you doing? How come you're so weary? How come you're so heavy burdened? Aren't you glad he's not a taskmaster who says, shape up before you come? But instead he says, I don't, I don't despise your weakness. I just want you to come. But it's more than that. He's not impatient with our humanness. I mean, he, he knows that we're frail. He, he knows that we're broken. He's, he's such a patient father. How are you as a father if you're a dad? How are you with other people's weaknesses? Are you, are you impatient or patient? Are you kind? Do you despise others' weakness? Are you, are you frustrated over the neediness? Maybe in your own life, maybe in your own family. Does it frustrate you? But the amazing thing about, about Jesus is we don't see frustration. We don't see him despise us. We don't see him impatient. Instead, he says this to us, an invitation, come, come. Those of you who are weary. 
But he specifically calls a certain group of people. We know that Jesus is the hope, the only hope for the world. He's the only hope for everyone who was ever created. But it's, isn't it interesting who he specifically calls? He says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. All you who are weary. I mean, Jesus' call is, is a blessed call. Blessed because he says there's something blessed about weariness. There's something blessed about heavy ladenness. If it reveals to us our need for rest. And that's the invitation. He says, come. Anybody here need that invitation? The need for rest. Let's look at that. I mean, Jesus, amazingly, in the gospel, he offers us the rest that we long for, the rest for our souls. And again, this is more than just a little vacation, a little sabbatical, a little time away, a little R&R. When we think about all you who are labor, we got to look at God's word and see that, that, that work itself is not evil. That God created us for work. You know that? I mean, God created us in his image as he's a worker. He created us to work, but he's created us to do that which he does. Bring light into the darkness. Bring bring beauty into the void. Order into the chaos. God has made us to be workers. But we messed up the story. We rebelled against God. We sinned. And, and I love what scripture tells us uh, what happened. It's so clear. It says, because of Adam's sin, a curse has come. And now that we work, we work through the sweat of our brow. Now that we work, it's, it's difficult. It's a burden. And because of sin... We work for all the wrong things. We work for oftentimes not only all the wrong things, we work for all the wrong reasons. Maybe to find our identity. Maybe to find our place in life. Maybe to find our security. You know, ever since the fall of man and sin came in there, work is never ultimately satisfying unless God is in it. And really, when this, this passage of work, it's not so much about that nine to five grind that we all know. When Jesus says this, he says, come to me, all you who labor, all you who are a heavy burden. Here's what he's basically saying. All you who are trying to find God. All of you who want to be good enough. All of you who want to be religious enough. All of you who want to do the right things and say the right things and somehow pass the litmus test that that God will know you and that God will love you. All of you that are trying to fulfill the law. All of you that are trying to be righteous on your own. All of you who are trying to build your own stairway to heaven. All of you who are trying to contract with God your own terms of how to have a relationship with him. All you who try to do that kind of work. Man, you'll never do it. You will be heavy laden. You see, this isn't just working for a living that Jesus is dealing with. This is trying to find out, how do I find out who I am? And how do I find peace? How do I find peace with God? How do I find peace in my own skin? So Jesus graciously calls, and we see the need is for all of us, but specifically this need is to know and love him. And you see the source of rest. It's Jesus. This, this passage is so crystal clear. I mean, Jesus is the source of the rest of our souls. And it has two things it tells us very clearly about Jesus. Jesus has both the power and the authority to give us rest. And he also has the accessibility to give us rest. I want you to think about that. Jesus is the source of all of rest. 
Because why? He has two very important components that he will give to us that's revealed in this. He has both the authority and the power to give us rest. And he has the accessibility to give us rest. It says in this passage that all things were handed over to Jesus by the Father. That he has all authority and power to bring us rest. It's basically saying this. In Jesus' hand alone is life. Jesus is the resurrection in life. And Jesus' hand alone is, is meaning and purpose. And Jesus and Jesus alone is life and life abundantly. And he says this past, he says, all authority has been put in my hand. If you long for life, if you long for rest, if you long for God, we can only find it in him. That's why Jesus would say in John fourteen six, he would say, I am the way, I am the truth. I am the life. There, there is no way to the Father except through me. We saw it said this way in this passage in Matthew. He says, no one knows the Son except the Father. I mean, they've been together for eternity. And no one knows the Father except whom the Son reveals him to. The only way that we'll ever have the rest of knowing Dad, God, Abba, Father, is through Jesus. Through his life, through his death, through his resurrection. You see, that, that's, that's the core of rest. I mean, the core of rest is us finding our maker. It's, it's finding our father. That's the ultimate rest. And we will forever wander until we find him. Augustine, way, way back in the 400s, wrote this. He said that man's heart will forever wander until it finds its rest in God. Why? Well, because you were made by God. Why? Because you were made for God. You see, what this passage is really revealing to us is that we will always be weary. We will always be heavy laden. We will always long for more if we don't have Jesus. Because he and he alone is, is God's rest. He and he alone. It's interesting. Uh, the, the, Jesus says you will find rest. And in, in, in the Old Testament, the word for rest is Noah. Noah's name was Rest. And, and really, it's, uh, we see that, that Noah provides rest for God's people as he is the ark. He is the ark that was safely carried through the wrath of God so that the rest of God could be experienced. And what this is really saying is the ultimate ark of God, the ultimate one who will pass through the wrath of God is Jesus. And in Jesus and Jesus alone, we find the Noah. We find God's rest. You ever seen a kid lost at Walmart? It's awful, isn't it? Can you imagine any kind of rest that kid will have until he finds his parent? You can offer him to buy something in the store. You can offer him something to eat. You can, you can try to bribe him with other things. But when a child is lost and lost in a place scary like Walmart... There will not be rest for his soul until his eyes are fixed, especially on probably mom or, or dad. Nothing else will do. You see, this is, this is what Jesus is saying. We're lost at Walmart without him. We could look up and down all the aisles and we could look at all the pretty shiny things, but they don't matter. And they won't satisfy until we lock eyes with the one who created us, until we lock eyes with our father. And Jesus says, the only way you're going to get there is through me. I've come to all those who are in the aisles of Walmart desperately lost. 
I've come to seek and to save you and to give you rest. It's interesting he says, talks about this authority thing. The authority of Jesus. And I want to talk to you just for a minute about the authority of Jesus and two, two things that we can see. Jesus as the Son of God and Jesus as the Son of Man. He has all the authority of heaven, all the authority of God in those two things. You see, Jesus is God. When it says Jesus is the Son of God, where we know that Scripture reveals he's the eternal God who became flesh and dwelt among us. That Jesus, as the second person of the Trinity, is equal with the Father, equal in power and glory. So you may want to say, well, how can authority be given to him by the Father if he's equal as the Son of God? Well, because he became the Son of Man. Because he took on flesh. You see, I love what Hebrews 5, 8, and 9 says, that Jesus himself learned obedience by what he suffered. Listen to this. Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And being made perfect. Here it says, this is incredible. The sinless God, the sinless one, is going to be made perfect. Why? Through what he suffered. So that he would be the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Basically saying this, as the son of God and as the son of man, he is the only source that we have to find rest. He has the power. But he has more than that. Such good news. When you think of someone with power and authority, how accessible are they? But Jesus says, I'm accessible to everyone. The lowliest, the most dirty, the most filthy. There's not one wandering in the Walmart of life that's lost that he can't find. Why? Because he's lowly and gentle. I'm gentle and lowly heart. He says, he, heart. He says my yoke is easy and, and my burden is light. And I'm going to talk a little bit about yoke. So let's just stop and say, what in the world is yoke? And I want you to picture uh, a yoke being put over oxen to plow a field. A yoke is something that went over the neck that would carry a burden. Usually it would be like a plowing the field. It's not a, a phrase that we use very often. You think yoke, you might think of some part of an egg. And that's not what he's saying here. He's saying that this yoke is, is basically saying, it's, it's my identity. When you, when you put your neck down and you surrender to Jesus, my yoke is going to be easy and my burden is going to be light. Because why? Because he's gentle. He's this one who creates the world by speaking. The one who holds the world together right now in his might and his power. The one who has all authority given to, to him. He is lowly of heart. He is meek. And here's the beautiful thing is saying that he is accessible. I mean, God Almighty is accessible to every single one of us. That is amazing good news. Amazing good news. He's basically saying... Everyone can find rest in me. There's not one of you, not one of you here that can't find rest in Jesus. Why? Because he has all power and he has all accessibility. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Anyone can come to him. You see, he and he alone is the source that will give rest to our souls. Nothing else. I got to tell you, though, there's a difference between rest and numbing the pain. We all, we all are weary and we all are broken and we live in a world that, that tells us we can find rest. We can find rest in what the world has to offer and really the rest the world has to offer and, and, and whether that's success or fame or, or an addiction like porn or, or alcohol or drugs or, or maybe it's just countless hours of watching TV. I mean, we want to numb the pain. And, and that's not really rest of our souls. Like, oh man, I just rested on the couch. I watched three episodes of who knows what. 
And man, that was really restful. It could be, and there's nothing necessarily wrong with watching TV. I wouldn't necessarily say three hours in a row are a good thing, unless it's sports, of course. (laughs) But are you numbing your pain? Are you just dulling the hurt? Are you just trying to offer a distraction? It's like that kid back in Walmart that's lost. You may want to say, let me just dull the pain. I'll give you a lollipop. I'll give, you, I'll give you something to try to take your mind off the fact that you don't have any idea where your parent is. And I want to distract you enough to maybe dry up a few tears, but the reality is going to come back and you're going to be crushed and you maybe have a little bit of ice cream on your face, but the reality is you're still lost. And so there's an extreme difference here in our society between rest that Jesus offers and numbing that our world provides. And I think we've got to look at and analyze our own lives. Where are we? Are, are we? are we running to the one who offers rest? Or are we popping some kind of worldly pill, so to speak, to numb the pain? And we've got to find the requirements of rest. The requirements of rest. It's, it's interesting. He says, for us to find it, we must... Take Jesus' yoke upon us and find the rest he offers us. And, and you know, sounds easy, but do you know what this is basically saying? Now listen, let, let me make this clear. When Jesus says, take my yoke upon me, he's basically saying, bow your neck to me. I want you to just surrender your life. I mean, I want you to in the vulnerable position that you will bow your neck and you will take off the yoke that you have. You see, that's the yoke of our own choosing. That's the yoke of living our own way. That's, that's doing our own thing. You know, I think about this passage. I say, there's nothing easy about this. I mean, how in the world can Jesus say, my yoke is easy, my burden is light? There doesn't seem anything easy about it. You know what is easy? Living with Jesus really is the most beautiful, easy thing ever because he is gentle and lowly and he loves us and he gives us his identity and he's washed away our sins and he's made us a son and he wants us to live our life with fullness. That's easy. That's awesome. But taking off our yoke, that's killer. That's killer. That's denying myself. And that's saying that I need help. And that's surrendering what I want to do and saying, I want to find my identity, my joy, my life in you. And let me just cut to the chase and say, the great news is, is there's where you're going to find life. That's where you're going to find you. That's where you're going to find abundance. We've got to take off our own and give control of our lives to Jesus. That's the only way to find rest for our souls. He's basically saying this, Jesus must be our identity. Jesus must be our security. If you want to find rest for your souls, you must live, you ready for this, as a son of God, not a slave. And all the sonship that is offered to us, that is how you live your life. There is where you find rest and freedom. What are some of the requirements along with that? We must be okay not to be in control. I know some of you, some of you control freaks. Some of you want to control everything about your life and everything about your businesses and everything about your kids and everything about your marriages. You know what you control? (laughs) Surrender. Put your neck out to Jesus and say, you're in control, not me. God's God's responsible, not me. Who's responsible in your life to make it work out? Is it you? Man, no rest there. Who's responsible for your life? Is it you? 
No rest there. Nor is it God. The only re- another requirement is uh, to find out is we got to be okay when work isn't finished. You know, we grow up uh, in this great culture and we work harder. You know how many, how many weeks of vacation they typically give people in Europe? They work it all over there. I mean, it's like they, they start off, okay, we've got a new job. We're going to give you like eight weeks vacation. Is that all right? Can I have 10? You know? And we, uh, over here, we just work like crazy. Why? Because we like to get a job done. Why? Because we like to feel good about a job that's done. You know, the job will never be done. If, if you have to work until the point of the job being done, you'll never find rest. But if you can trust that God is the one who will finish what he has started, that he who began the good work will be faithful to complete it, you'll never find rest. Another requirement is if, if, if your work is your identity, I'm sorry, you'll never find rest. Because every day you'll have to get up and prove yourself. Every day you'll have to wake up and say, I got to make sure I make my name known. If your work is your identity, never or, or rarely for a nanosecond will you find rest. You see, the reason that, that God created a day of rest is he wanted to separate what he did from who he was. Did you get that? And the reason he's calling us to rest is because he wants to separate what we do from who we are. And he wants us to, be, he, he wants us to find our identity in him, not in what we do. And he wants us to be okay that things are still left undone. You know, I know why he wants a Sabbath day like today, because he wants us to be able to put it all down and say, it's okay to walk away because my identity and my security is not in what I do. My identity and my security in whose I am, it's not done, but I'm going to obey the one who told me to rest in him. And I think we bring him great glory when we leave all that still needs to be done, undone for a day and focus on him and say, on the cross, Jesus says, it is finished. And when he said it is finished, he said it's complete. And I am now okay in Christ Jesus, and I'm going to trust him. You know how much you honor him when you do that? If you can't leave your work, if you can't stop it, you can't rest. And your identity is not in him. Where are you finding your rest? I know that's heavy, and I want you to know I'm preaching to myself more than anybody else. We have the privilege of wearing the yoke of Christ. And we wear the yoke of Christ before we wear the crown of Christ. And the good news of the gospel, as I close, is this. The good news of the gospel is that Jesus, listen, listen to the yoke that he put on for us. Jesus put on the yoke of our own nature. He became man and dwelt among us. Jesus put on the yoke of the law and all of its requirements. In Galatians 4, 4, it says, in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, born of a woman. Listen to this, born under the law so that he might do all the requirements of the law to set us free. He put the yoke of the law on. He, he even put the yoke of our own sin on. 2 Corinthians 5.21, God took him who knew no sin to be our sin. He, he put the yoke of the, our sin and our filth upon himself on the cross. And he, he, he put the yoke of death on so that we could have the yoke of life. You see, Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary, and I'm going to give you a yoke. Why? Because I've taken yours. And I want to give you an incredible exchange. I want to take that yoke from you. 
of self-sufficiency and, and your own ego and your, it will just make you heavy laden and burdened and put on mine and you'll find rest. And rest for your souls. How is it with you? Have you bent your neck to Jesus to remove your yoke and put on the yoke of Christ? And until you do, you will not find rest. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this amazing passage that your son gives to us. That he tells us that it's through him and him alone that all authority has been given. And it's through him and him alone that all accessibility is gained. And that we truly can find the rest that our souls long for in the life, death, and resurrection of Christ Jesus alone. Father, we ask that you would forgive us who are, who are so prone to, to numb the pain and to find temporary rest for all that is broken inside of us with what the world has to offer. God, I pray that you would give us grace and strength and faith to embrace Christ and Christ alone. That we would put on his yoke because it's easy and his burden is light. He's fulfilled all the requirements of the law. We thank you for that. We thank you for the life that reigns in us in Christ Jesus. We thank you that we can live our lives not as slaves, but as sons. And Father God, I pray that, that your grace would be so evident that we would leave here alive and free and fruitful because of the gospel of Jesus Christ and truly leave, and even as we work, find rest in you. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.